Welcome back to Recorded Conversations. I'm your host, Danielle Kingstrom, and you're now joining the podcast that is dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in authentic and connected conversations. I hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome back to Recorded Conversations. I am your host, Danielle Kingstrom. And today, my co-host is my husband, Corey Kingstrom. Say hello. Hi, everyone. Okay, and so unofficially, he'll be known as the co-host, but he won't always be the guest as well. Isn't that right? Whatever you want. Well, I know, that's how it goes. So today's episode is our official, my official kickoff episode Hopefully you've already listened to episode zero where that's where that's where I break it down and kind of give you a conceptual outline of what I hope to unravel through recorded conversations. Um, today we are starting with pet peeves. Pet peeves. Pet peeves. I think it's something that all partners understand, and I bet all partners have. That annoyance that is nurtured like a pet. It's something that we can't resist complaining about. And would you like to start or you want me to start? You complain more often, so why don't you? (laughs) That must mean I'm easier to live with than you. Right? I I don't know that I'd go that far, but. Well, I, I did a little unscientific sociological poll on my Facebook page and asked some people to uh, give examples of what they they's viewed as pet peeves with their partners and I resonated with a lot of them um so just to list a few that were offered by some of my followers on Facebook pacing and I totally relate to pacing I pace a lot <laughs> you do pace a lot you're a always lot. pacing it's like yes. when you're thinking you're pacing and I think a lot and you so... think a lot so therefore you pace a lot whistling and humming was also listed as other people's pet peeves, which <laughs> I can also relate to. I am also a whistler. Yes. Of random sounds. Random sounds. And sometimes it just sounds like you're whistling like 1960s television theme songs. It's very possible. Yeah, but you don't even know. I remember them well. Yeah. And so <laughs> humming, and so I couldn't personally relate to humming because I don't think anyone really hums in this house. No, that's one my dad has actually that annoys the crap out of me but that's an entirely different topic oh god we could dedicate a whole podcast just to all the things we are grieved by in regard to your dad okay so then um what that made me think about too oh yeah whistling i can i used to be like shut the hell up with your damn whistling you have toned it down a lot in the last i'd say year and a half on that you don't aren't as critical of me whistling as you once were or chewing oh yeah chewing. oh my god chewing oh, yeah. so my biggest pet peeve okay this is my dear lovely husband he literally chews on ice cream and it it dumbfounded me from like the very first time i ever ate an ice cream with you and i was like <laughs> are you freaking chewing it's like vanilla plain soft serve ice cream and you're somehow chewing on it and making actual chewing sounds and chewing sounds in general with anybody used to just drive me so psychotically crazy that I would literally have to get up and leave the room because like the sound of other people chewing 
can't handle. But chewing ice cream. Explain it's a, that. It's a gift, really. It's a gift. <laughs> okay, and so the chewing thing I've, I've actually kind of eased off on, too. Yeah, I think you uh, have learned to ignore it. Well, uh, ignore it. Um, I don't know if I'm ignoring it or if I'm just, like, kind of pushing it to the back of my mind. Because the thing is, is with Aiden mm-hmm. and with him having his autistic tendencies, there's certain things that I think are just going to take longer for him to understand. Like with the other kids, we can be like, hey, hon, close your mouth and chew. And when you tell Aiden to close his mouth and chew, he chews louder. But he, they, a lot of kids have this thing for like those, those satisfying sounds on YouTube. And for him, it's chewing. And so he loves that sound. So he imitates that sound. And so then what am I going to do? Lash out at my autistic son for imitating something because that's what he likes to do. And so I had to learn how to get in the present moment and figure out why it was upsetting me and figure out a way to shove it away and not let it upset me. So I did that essentially. But sometimes every once in a while I hear somebody chewing and I'm like, oh, I can't. Nope. I'm just going to walk away or I have to say, close your mouth. But anyway, what are some of your pet peeves before I ramble on the 50 million other ones I have of you? Okay. So my biggest pet peeve is in the morning when I leave for work, I always give you a kiss. Yeah. And generally speaking, when I wake you up, you've told me you enjoy when I wake you up to give you a kiss goodbye in the morning and you're, you're in a happy mood. Yep. And then I come home for lunch. Oh, yeah. And you're like, I, I walk in the door and you just unload. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell happened in the last three hours I was gone? I leave for three hours and it just it goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, where the hell did that lovely wife go this morning? Yes. I wasn't even here to do anything wrong. Yeah. Well, and okay. So here's the thing too. You work on site. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And we, <laughs> we don't have a typical nine to five shift here, but yeah, you, you go work for a few hours and you come home and I've like, I, I don't know what I've, I've taken on all of the little things that have angered me and it's piled up. And when you get come in for lunch, I'm like, all over you exactly and then so the rest of my day is wondering what i'm gonna get when i get home and see my pet peeve that piggybacks off of that pet peeve is why don't you just get it yet but that's just what i do (laughs) (laughs) that's that's fantastic only you could turn this around on me is that is that another one of your pet peeves yeah yeah (laughs) what is that that actually is the, the fact that i if I bring something up that's a pet peeve of mine or that's bothering me, all of a sudden that's turned around on me somehow. I do have that kind of gift, don't I? Yes. Yeah. I guess that's your gift. Mine is chewing ice cream. And, yes. And you can somehow manage to find a way to blame <laughs> me. For everything. For most everything, yeah. And I'll argue against the idea that it's scapegoating or something. Yes. I'll be like, nope, this is justified, this actually, is and let me break it down. And I sometimes think if I can confuse you with great articulation, <laughs> that you'll just be like, you're right, honey, and you'll concede. <laughs> 
those big words, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's funny. That's funny. I kind of figured that you were going to bring that up, that whole I leave and then I come back. And, you know, when I was thinking about pet peeves today before we recorded this, I was kind of thinking about, like, one of my biggest pet peeves of all. And now, okay, before we further cut each other down, I just want to say that, like, even though we have pet peeves of each other, we're supposed to learn how to tolerate them. We're supposed to kind of live with this whole tension of opposites and I think maybe you can agree that I have toned back a lot lately, like within the last year and a half or so, I've really tried to make a more conscious attempt to not complain about everything. I would agree to that. Except like once a month, I kind of go like rage psycho yeah. and I list off every grievance I've had for the last 28 days. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it's like a cycle every month and the ironic thing about this, though, is, so for those of you who don't know, I spent a year in Iraq, and the year I was gone, at least for me, some of the, the pet peeves that I have of her, I, I actually missed. Yeah, I did, I missed, I missed all that, those annoying things about you, too. Like, when you were gone, I was like, I would really love to hear him chew on soft serve vanilla ice cream right now. <laughs> or I... Or no, like when you sleep too. And this isn't even a pet peeve. It's just one of your little quirks. But even when you were, you know, sometimes when you're sleeping, you're like mumbling a conversation. I think I do that too. Oh, you, I can like hear the conversation you're having. Yeah, you're I like, have like full on debates in my sleep. And yes. You can like hear it. Yes. But it was just those little things that like when you were gone, yeah, I missed it. So, so the point here is, is we realize we have pet peeves about each other, but this isn't necessarily so we can like degrade each other and slam each other and try and say, look at, I'm better than you because I'm more tolerant or anything. So we wouldn't advise you to try and take that kind of an application in your own relationship either. But one of my biggest pet peeves that I've been thinking about a lot lately and more so just beyond just the scope of our relationship is just kind of how men and women different are different and more of a, I don't know if it's a psychological realm per se, but in regard to how we think and how we do. And so there was this Google report that, or memo that was released like a year ago or so that kind of said some similar things like men are more attracted to things, whereas women are more attracted to people says the reason why men go towards more technological scientific areas of work, whereas women go to most more sociological or teaching people related areas of work. And it was talking to the wage gap or what have you, but it really made me start just holding that idea in my head and start observing a lot of things between me and you. Um, most specifically in that when you get in that present moment and like moms, I bet you can relate. Like when dads think about doing just like something crazy ridiculous with their kids, like wouldn't this be a neat idea? Men are so in the moment that they're not thinking past that moment. Like, like, Oh, one of our kids could actually break a leg right now or, you know, something bad could happen. And whereas women went and maybe we, so for instance, I struggle to get in the erotic mood because I'm still thinking. And so I have a harder time of getting into um, that zone because I can't get fully present. 
because I'm a people person and I'm probably thinking about people and you're a thing person and you're thinking about putting your thing in my thing. <laughs> and so you're like ready. So like, and it's true. And I think for a majority of men, you guys are like light switches. You're like instantly shift, shifted into present moment. Whereas women have to think into present moment, maybe, or when we're in the present moment, we're like also in mommy mode. So we have to think about consequence. And so I just thought like that reality was right in front of me yesterday when you took our brand new puppy who was whining incessantly for a three mile drive to the park with the kids. And so Corey's got to roll the window down and see if he wants to see where he's going. Maybe he's getting car sick and he's like holding the puppy like with his head kind of out the window and I'm driving and I like, it, it just hit me like you are so in the present moment. You're not thinking about like a, what you're showing the kids who are in the backseat watching us. Like, hey kids, let's let's put a, a puppy's head out the window and not think about the potentiality that the puppy could fall. And I'm sure you were thinking about that because you're like, I'm not going to drop them. But I just thought, damn it. Uh, okay, I'm driving. I can't do anything. Like, this is like parenting moment, not present moment <laughs> opportunity. And so you were pulled out of that. What do you think? Do you think it's easier for you to get into the present moment? I actually have a, another example that kind of was not necessarily an argument between us, but um, a topic of discussion, discussion at least. So one day I was, I just finished bailing hay and I had our nine-year-old son um, come out. He can drive our lawnmower and I put a little trailer behind it and he can haul some hay bales for me. And we were picking up hay bales along. We live on a gravel road, so we're on a gravel road. And uh, I loaded the trailer up for him. And I sent him to our neighbors a mile away where he had never been before. And I told him when he got to the driveway to just turn in and someone would unload him and then come back. All by himself. Mm -hmm. And I, I had full confidence in my son. But at the same point in time, I told him you about that and yeah you like I was like freaking out I'm like are you kidding me you're just gonna like send our son a mile away and like oh we don't know what could happen on that mile and I was at home with the other kids and I'm going what the hell are you thinking yeah yeah but you're like we're doing men are doers yeah women are thinkers I don't know. And see, I, I don't want to put broad generalizations on all of one sex, but from my own experience, I feel like that way. But other times I am a doer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I am a doer. Um, but I, I just sometimes think about that. Or maybe as parenting duels, there's just one that's the thinker and one that's more the I doer. I don't know that it's necessarily thinking versus doing, though. I think it's just the difference in the way we process things yeah you know you're you're the mom and you you're protective you carry that child you you know whereas i'm supposed to teach them responsibility i'm supposed to okay it's okay if you if you fall down yeah you're gonna figure out how to get back up and i'll be there to help you yeah and i started off with the two older the two older kids doing it myself first and then you kind of took on this package deal but I was like I I coddled them and protected them a lot as they were growing up so 10 years ago we wouldn't have let our almost 18 year old 
at eight and a half do something that we're letting mm-hmm. our nine-year-old do. But when he started driving stuff at like five, four and five, yes, we, again. and it wasn't stuff I would have ever dreamed of letting our oldest son do. I would have been like, hell no, that is too dangerous. No way. But I was a helicopter mom yeah. big time. And it's because of you that I've eased off because you grew up in a different experience than I did. And so you were like, nah, see, here's the thing. We need additional people to help do this. And this is who we have our kids. Our children are not our little labor hands, by the way, but they do like to help. And it's always there upon their begging to help. He loves helping you. Oh, yeah. He loves doing that job. And driving the forklift and and getting bales and bringing bales up to the house. I remember last year when he was helping you and he was driving the forklift. Or the skid loader. Or the skid loader. Yeah. And I and driving up with this these big huge bales and I was like I think milking one of our cows at the time and I was just looking at him like I'm so proud of him. But it, I would have never let our older son do that. Heck no, heck no. But it's a different environment though. Yes. I mean we we've taught them the importance of safety, the yeah. you know, being aware of what's going on and just be slow about it. Yeah. Watch what you're doing. And so that's a different scenario. And I don't even know why I put those practices in place because, I mean, literally, when I was seven, eight months pregnant with Lily, my I had to learn how to change my oil. And it was like hot as hell outside, humid for, Min- you know, Minnesota humidity. And he was like, let's, we're going to show you how to change your oil. You're not always going to be able to depend on me to change your oil. I only ever changed my oil once, though. I was never going to do that again. And I just started using rapid oil changes instead because I was like, I ain't doing that. But I mean, my carburetor, learning how to jiggle it when I when it was flooded and checking my spark plug. My dad made me do everything. And I was like pinching my fingers and players at four, helping them work on vehicles, too. So, like, it's crazy that later on I was like, you can't do any of the stuff that I did. It's too dangerous. But I did it. And so, yeah. So uh, that would probably that was probably one of your biggest pet peeves about me though. I always coddled the kids. Oh, yeah. I always protected them and sheltered them, and was like so overbearing. Yep. Yeah. And and now we're actually seeing some of the struggles with that because they struggle to make decisions on their own. Yeah, the older ones do. The older ones, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when we try and do too much for them, we are we're creating a deficit for them mm-hmm. and a dependability that later on they're going to realize they didn't want yeah. and they might actually be resentful about it. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's kind of where this whole idea of um, the men and the things and the women and the people really started making me look at just the way like men and women interact and you just like it feels like you just do not want to say men are this way and women are that way or do you i don't want to say that one gender is is the thinker and the other one's the doer because let's face it i think about a lot of stuff i i I do that so i don't know that that's necessarily the the answer now is it different yes i i think we we think differently about things. Yeah. And I don't know how to explain it. I don't no. necessarily have an answer. No, for in that. a few years we might have the mental capability with technology to actually know what we're thinking though. I don't think so. I know. I don't know. I don't want to be in your thoughts 
and I do not want you in mine. <laughs> I bet you have a dirty, dirty mind. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right. Well, moving along then. I don't know. That kind of covers it with where I'm at with pet peeves. I'm good on pet peeves, I think. You're good on yeah, pet peeves? I'm good. Okay, so then this whole presence thing without consequence. So what do I got to do to get you to think about Let me ask you. Do acting you more like me? Let me ask you something, though. Do you want me to? Hmm. We had a kind of a similar conversation like this the other night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I certainly wouldn't want you to be like me. Yeah. But, so. but in essence, I, I do imitate you. To some extent, yeah. Yeah, Maybe. and you imitate me. But we think about things differently. Yeah, like, I don't even remember what it was specifically, uh, but I had basically kind of, like, blamed you for letting down my expectation of you being better than me. Because I always have this, like, you're my personal Jesus, and so I always expect you to, like, I know that sounds really weird when I say it like that, doesn't it? Well, I actually think, if you want me to psychoanalyze that conversation, I actually don't think you thought less of me. I think you were just angry and were trying to find ways to put me down at the time. Yeah. I don't, I I don't think you thought about me. What was it? I don't remember. You were like, you were like goading me into some kind of an argument, weren't you? And I was like, I would do that. Why are you doing that? Yeah, maybe. but you weren't responding the way I'd wanted you to. I think it was, wasn't maybe it? Yeah, maybe. Sometimes I do that, though. Like, I have this expectation. So, again, let me finish what I was saying about the personal Jesus. Because I don't want these people thinking I'm all weird looking at you like you're Jesus. But so, 10 years ago, there was infidelity in our marriage while you were deployed. And it, I was the guilty party. And you were very forgiving, so forgiving so quickly that it was like, I can never do this man wrong again. And it was just so much grace that I hadn't expected because I had expected like divorce papers were going to be sent to me and you were like, you're on your own and those kids ain't, I, I'm done with you and your kids and we're just done. And like I just had expected the worst. And so that was like... For me, in hindsight, when I look back, I think that was like one of my first intimate experiences with what Jesus looks like in my own life, like that kind of grace and forgiveness, because that wasn't easy for you to forgive, but you did. And I was just so overwhelmed by how you were willing to forgive me. And then like from there, all of the drama we've been through since then and everything we've all of the crap we've gone through since then and then just always seeing you in this light is like how can you continue to forgive me and show me grace and so what it effectively did is like every time I screwed up I was like I have to prove that I'm not going to screw up again and I don't think I've ever screwed up in the same exact way it's always been different so I've at least learned not to duplicate that particular error I mean yeah I mean it was a different jail the second time that's true (laughs) shut up Yeah. How many county jails have you been in, Danielle? Shut up. Uh, We'll answer that question in another episode. But, yeah. So that's what I mean when I say, like, 
I think of you as my personal Jesus. Like you're just always demonstrating like this Christ-like ability that I do not have. Like it's so annoying. So that's one of my other pet peeves. I'm jumping back into pet peeves, even though I said I was done, but your ability to just yourself, your ability to just always be like a loving in a canonical way. You empty yourself for everybody and it's annoying. And you're just always there for everybody. Like anybody, like any of the neighbor farmers or anybody can call Corey and be like, can you help me? Can you help me do this? Can you help me build this? Can you, can you come work for me and do this? Or da, 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 whatever it is. And I'm always like, why are you always giving your time away for free? And why are you always jumping to go like be everybody else's savior? I think I said a couple weeks ago when I was mad, but I knew I shouldn't have been mad about it. Like right there while I was getting mad, I'm like, you're so dumb. You're getting mad. If he wasn't like this with them, he wouldn't be like this with me. And I think I've mentioned this numerous times. It's the thing that you love and hate most about me. It is because I love when you're that giving to me and when you're that sacrificial for me and when you're like, yep, I'll help you. And I mean, you do this after like, sometimes you've worked like 13, 14 hour shifts and someone else is like, da da da, will you do this for me? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, tell them fucking no. Like you're going to sit your butt on the couch and you're going to relax. And like, you're not going to just go in and give out all this free labor for everybody. And what are you doing? But I mean, I need to learn from that too, because I'm not like that. And so many instances I'm like, well, how's it benefiting me? You know? And if this is going to take too much away from A, B, or C, I'm not going to make room for you and F and G. You know what I mean? But you always do that. So yeah, it's so frustrating. You just over there smiling. He's just over there smiling like, yeah, I'm, I'm like Jesus. <laughs> I know, I know. What what are you thinking? You got any more thoughts to share here? I did. No, I forgot. That happens to me a lot. So we'll just give it a wrap then. Okay. We don't want to overwhelm you people with our voices too much so that you're getting tired. And now here's the part of the show where I self-promote and I let you know where you can find me. For starters, I do have a Patreon page. All you need to do is seek out patreon.com slash Danielle Kingstrom. I am also a contributing writer for Patheos Progressive Christian. To seek me out there, simply sign on to Patheos and look for my name. I can also be found on Facebook at Danielle Kingstrom, on Twitter and Instagram at dkingstrom. I really appreciate you joining me here on Recorded Conversations, and until next time, Take care.